Hi everybody, it's your host Maya Alicia, and you know, as I always say, I'm back with another one-on-one interview and today's guest is Madeline Brené and she is the trap opera legend, the creator of trap opera. You heard of opera, but you never heard of trap, so this is the interview you want to listen to, okay? So let's go. Hi, yes! Hey. <laughs> you look so pretty. Thank you. Yes, of course. So, Madeline, you do it all. You're a singer, songwriter, actress, influencer, musician, dancer, just to name a few. And you recently were selected to be a Grammy U mentor for Spring 2022. And Forbes has recognized you as well as many others. And you're bringing a different spin to opera. You're the trap opera legend. <laughs> and you created and coined the term trap opera. So, I want to first say big congrats on everything that you're doing. I love seeing Black ladies winning, okay? Thank you. Yes, yes. So you started singing at three and winning oratorical contests. Then from there, you know, you went to age nine and started to get into classical music. So for those who are just now being introduced to trap opera that you're doing today, what is it and define that for me? Um, trap opera is basically like a gumbo of music, of some of my favorite music. Um, when we think about trap, we think about things that are created in the hood and, you know, they come out and they're being sourced out. And then opera, of course, is a very conservative uh, genre. And I studied opera, but I just wanted to do something different because I felt that it was not reaching enough people. And so um, I really just wanted to kind of make, um, you know, something happen so that people could really be introduced in a different way that they never had before. So it's basically a blend of jazz, hip hop, um, you know, there's a little bit of blues in there sometimes. So it's just a trap, it's just a collection of like all of these things. And it's, it's great. I love it. <laughs> yes, okay, okay. So walk me through that process of when, where, how, like the whole blueprint of when you said, okay, I'm about to do this. Um, it was, I had always, you know, been a classical singer and sometimes on my sets I would do classical music and then I would maybe turn into like a jazz set. And then one day when I was in New York, um, a drummer of mine, we were in rehearsal before and he said, you know, you should really, um, add this beat to like this habanero, this, this famous aria, French aria. And so I did, and we did it in rehearsal just for fun. And then when we got on stage, um, we needed an extra number because we kind of run out of time with performing. But they were like, can you do something else? We were like, okay. He's like, do that thing we did in rehearsal. And so we did, and we ended up getting a standing ovation. And that's kind of how everything started. And I was like, you know, maybe this could really be a thing. Um, I feel most comfortable here because I feel like I'm able to exemplify my voice. And um, that's kind of how we got started. And, and that was it. So it was really cool. Okay, I love that. And yes, I do notice you're like a firecracker on the stage. You, you're running up and down dancing. So I feel like this is great. This is great that you created that. And I can't wait to see other people, you know, getting acquainted with it. So how did people start receiving it? Like, what was the reaction when you decided to, you know, pop out with Trap Opera? I think that people were um, not as receptive at first. I think because it was something that was so different. I think that we've had other people you know, try to merge like hip hop and opera together, but it just never really clicked. It just really sounded like hip hop beats with classical, but really like creating a genre that really fused the two to where it's like an entirely different sound. It took me a while, like most people, to kind of get it right. You know, it's like when you're making a pot of gumbo, you don't just serve it up, you got to keep tasting it. And then if it's not seasoned, you go back and you do it again. And so that's what we've had to do. And it took me quite some time and there were many discouraging moments because it was like, okay, 
you know, I'm, I'm trying to get this right. Is it received? Am I doing something, you know, silly? And then it just started kind of getting larger and larger. And then that's, that's what happened. So. So when did you start seeing that people were receptive of it? I think when I started doing more covers that were on the radio, I think the first one I did was Chloe and Hallie, forgive me. And uh, I was on the couch and my PR was like, oh, you should sing this. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. And um, we did it. And then people were like, okay, this is dope. And then um, from there, I was booked on the Terrell show. And I believe that the Terrell show was really kind of the pinnacle um, of me being able to reach a huge audience because it was like they had never really seen a black opera singer before. And so them just kind of being encouraged, but then there were a lot of singers that felt like their voices were never really respected or heard. And so they were able to kind of connect with me as well. And so it was really, really cool. Um, so that's probably the, the moment that it really started being well received. Okay. And then, yeah, I did see Chloe. She was like, you inspired her. She saw your, um, your yeah. cover. I know that was exciting. It was, it was, it was a surprise. We had tagged her and um, I was kind of, I wasn't discouraged, but I was like, oh, okay, you know, she's not going to retag. She probably didn't see it. And then all of a sudden it was like 30 days later and my niece sent me a message and was like, oh my God. And I was like, what's going on? She's like, check your Twitter. And I was like, what? I don't even use my Twitter. And she had, you know, said all this stuff and blew it up. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And so, um, yeah, it was it was bananas for sure. And it was definitely a surprise, but it really gave me the stamp that what I was doing was like in the right direction for sure. Exactly. I love that for you because I know, you know, when you get that recognition from somebody else, it makes you like, okay, I'm doing the right thing, especially Chloe and stuff. And then like, wow, I feel like that, that cover you did, it gave me chills. Like, I don't know. It's just opera is different. Opera is different than any other type of music. It's like, you can feel, you can almost feel you like in our body. And that makes sense. They definitely have something called the uh, opera tear. And it's like that moment in an opera where they sing these notes and it just really touches you emotionally because you know, opera does not use microphones. And so you really have to have a very powerful voice. And um, so it's really funny because I've taken people to the opera and I look over and they're kind of tearing up and they're like, I'm not meaning to cry, but it's just something that's natural. So I think that with the music that I'm doing, you know, I do want to say that, yes, it's great to get the stamp from someone, but it wouldn't even matter if I didn't really already stamp myself because I have been continuing to go for many years, um, even though people thought it sucked, you know, for lack of a better word. And I said, no, it doesn't, you know, but that comes with confidence and really being able to trust yourself. And so her having that stamp was just the icing on the cake, but the ingredients of the cake were already being built. So, yeah, I have to at a point because you don't want to depend on someone's validation to tell you that you can keep going you know um i think that's important so i agree i definitely agree and you had that confidence we see it all down your timeline okay we see the confidence so i gotta i gotta know every every great creation needs to be protected so did you get it trademark trap offer yeah, so it is being tra trademarked. Um, I don't talk about it now, right now, because it's still, you know, pending. Um, but yeah, it's been registered. It's been everything just because, you know, I do understand the legal, um, you know, requirements for music these days and really protecting your art. So um, that's definitely been a thing. It has taken me a long while to get everything out because I do want to make sure I cross all of my T's and dot my I's because I know that it's something very innovative and different. Um, and so I really take my time with it. You know, you don't rush art. And um, that's kind of how it's been for me. I've just been very patient. It's definitely 
help my spirituality to be very patient. So yeah. Yes, I love it. Okay, so let's get into the journey. We all know everything isn't sunshine, lollipops, and raindrops. So <laughs> what was the path like? What have you endured through your musical journey? Oh my goodness, so much. Um, I always think that the testament of a good artist is really how they handle their personal battles, you know? And um, I've definitely been through my share of heartbreaks, of financial battles. Um, I was determined not to be a starving artist, but in order to become a non-starving artist, you have to be a starving artist, <laughs> you know? And so I definitely had those moments. Um, I had taught for 10 years and um, that was a very eye-opening time because it never pulled me away from my singing. I still wanted to do it. So I was literally teaching music K through 12. And then I would get off and go to shows or perform or shoot videos or shoot content for Instagram. And um, just last year, I was able to fully retire and do this full time. And it was an amazing blessing. But it definitely was 10 years of very hard work. Um, but yeah, definitely, I, I would say heartbreak was one of them. And not just with love, but even with, you know, friendships and, you know, business partnerships. And you're like thinking this is going to be great. And then it turns out, you know, different. But I think that what I've learned is to really focus always on your core, you know, because once you have yourself settled and you know how you are, you can then work and do things with other people and do other projects. So, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long road for sure. <laughs> wow so you've been doing the groundwork just putting the work in and now you're here do you feel like you still face battles or do you think things are getting better no I I think that um you know w one thing that my team knows about me and my family is that I'm a very praying woman I pray all the time and um it's actually one of my superpowers and one of the things that gives me the courage to kind of keep going what I will say is that uh, I had a friend of mine she's a close friend and she called me we were being compared to animals. And she said, Madeline is a swan because on top of water, she's so graceful. You know, she's classy. You don't know what's going on, but underwater, she's kicking those feet and, you know, making things work. And so I've always been a very tenacious person. And to be tenacious, you really have to fight through some tough times. And, um, you know, I just think that it now is still the same thing. You know, I think that what happens is, is that the, the issues don't stop, the problems don't stop, the setbacks don't stop, you just get stronger. And you keep paddling through it because you had the lessons before and so you start to adapt more to what happens and you kind of look for it in a better perspective. So 10 years ago, if a show got canceled, I would be devastated. This year, if it gets devastated, I'm going to sit in my bed and light a candle and have some wine and be like, okay, this is a rest day. You know? So it's like all about perspective. Um, if I have a heartbreak, you know, I no longer am like, why me? I'm not good enough. It's like, okay, well, yeah, he's, it's his loss and whatever, you know, see you later. And so it's just a different perspective that you have to have. And that comes with confidence and years of paddling through, if you will. And um, just being able to know how to get yourself to calmer shores, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. I yes, it does make sense. It makes a lot. I, I agree. It's like, you know, it's, in life, I noticed that is lows are not going to stop and then highs are not going to stop it's going to be some lows and you're going to get high too but it's about how you you know persevere and get through that and stuff and i love a god-fearing woman okay we love a god-fearing woman so <laughs> I, I definitely feel that and i love i love your faith i love i just love it all you can just see that you exude so much good energy and just positivity and faith that's what i see so i yeah. love that yeah i mean i don't think that you can do something or all that i've done to be a trailblazer 
without any type of faith. I don't think that you can do half the stuff you do, be a businesswoman and take risks and do all these things without having an immeasurable amount of faith. Um, But also when you have true faith, that's truly what gives you your confidence. It's not the way you look. I mean, I know I'm fine. Yes. And I'm good looking. But I think that, you know, it really is the the mindset that, um, you know, gives me the confidence. So when people are posting on pictures and like, oh, my God, you're so confident and you're shaped and you're beautiful and all of that. It's so funny because the people that know me the closest, closest, they're like, yeah, Madeline's gorgeous. But the, what really makes her is her, her insides. And, and I try to keep that stuff private because you can't get that to everybody, of course. Um, and so it that's where my confidence come from. It's from God and from like faith. Cause yeah, there's no way. If you, if you depend on this and what you look like, if you gain 10 pounds, if you lose 10 pounds, that's false confidence. It doesn't, that's not true. Wow. Yes. And I, I like how you um, hit on having, you know, I, I call it crazy faith. You gotta have crazy faith. Okay. You gotta yes. have that. So I love how you hit on that. And I want to get into your three models since we're talking about that. You said for a new and upcoming artist or just anybody, you know, you said learn the landscape, then create new rules, visualize your reason why, leverage patience. So with these three rules, how did you start seeing elevation in your career? Um, first of all, I when music be okay with pivoting. When music, when I first started, was not working, I mean, it just wasn't, I wasn't the person that was like, oh, I'm just going to get in the camera and do covers or anything like that. You know, my brand is um, a little bit more, I wouldn't say perfection, but it's a production, you know, and that's nothing wrong with that. That's just who I am. Opera's a production. And so that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to always present the best art. I'm learning to not really care about that as much anymore because now it's just like all right we just need to get it out because it's a lot but um i definitely think pivoting when music was not working at first i then transitioned to modeling and i was so surprised and i had no idea that i could you know be compensated for working with different brands and so um i started posting pictures of my outfits because a makeup artist had told me i should and then that transferred into you know multiple campaigns and i'm like okay and then more campaigns and i'm like okay and then more to where i was getting paid more through instagram than my teaching job and um then with all of the followers i was gaining from that there was one day i was like all right it's time to pivot back to music we're going to turn these followers into fans mm-hmm. and so that's exactly what we did so my first advice and really what i did is, is to be okay with pivoting there's so many layers to an artist but sometimes when we're so hell-bent on showing one thing we forget all of the layers of ourselves that, you know, people really would enjoy too. So I enjoy fashion and I enjoy modeling and I enjoy being beautiful and uh, just being a woman and taking care of myself. And so I allow people to see that um, as well as being able to follow a career. You know, I'm not out here stressing myself out to be Madeline Brene. I'm actually doing it with class and grace. And, and so that's what my artistry entails. And so I want other artists to be okay with telling their story so that they can grow their brand, but also be okay that it may not start with the music. It may start with your acting, or if you're a cook, you may start a cooking show and then put out music. Um, Saucy Santana is a really great example of that. You know, he started, now he's putting out music. Cardi B, she took her thing and did reality TV and then did the music. Mm -hmm. So just be okay with pivoting because music can make you go broke. 
Mm. And I, yeah, I went broke a couple times trying to do music. And I said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. And so when I really started saying, you know what? I'm going to turn all these passions into paychecks. That's what literally kind of turned everything around for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's about not getting stuck in one niche. I noticed that a lot of people think they have to just stay in one area. You can do it all. And that's what you do. Like, you you show that. And two, let's talk about the music thing. I saw, you know, Chloe, she was talking with, um, I forgot who she was interviewing with, but she was saying that a lot of people feel like you make money from music. It's really sponsorships, endorsements and stuff. Like, I somebody told me that you make, like, a cent off of, like, each stream. I don't know if that's true, but, like, yeah. Yeah. For about a million streams, it's about $4,500. To, to $4, That's not that much money. Whereas I've had, I've posted a picture and made $5,000. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. So I think that, like I said, um, you have to really, you have to pray about Instagram because, you know, I know for me lately, I have been a little bit more back in reserve because I feel like I've earned that right. You know, I've been working for a long time and I'm like, okay. They're just going to see my music and, and, you know, parts of my life that I want to share. But um, music does not pay a whole lot because once you do actually make that money, you know, if you have people that you've um, done a share of music with or if you have people that you have to pay out, like videographers, all those things, most of the time that money goes to them. Um, it is better when you can do it as an independent artist, but there are some smart independent artists that have really gotten their own money, their credit together, and then they fund their own career. I'm still working on like the, the big, you know, American Express, big time loans and all of that. But really what honestly saved me were my campaigns from Instagram because it, you know, your campaigns, you can make sometimes 20 to 40K for, you know, some frames. And so you just have to know um, how to really work it. And it's like being a hustler, but not being a hustler where you're so tired, but being a smart hustler, you know what I mean? Smart hustle hard is what people probably think. They just work smarter. Mm. Wait, that that wait, that went over my head. Can you repeat that? So smart hustlers don't work smart. Don't work as hard as what you think. It, you know, they they let the people work under them. You know, as hard and they train them and do whatever. But a real a real testament of a hustler is someone who works smarter mm -hmm. with their knowledge. So much of it is here. Oh. You know, I show my waist and all of that all day. But it's it's the thought process. So yesterday, for instance, I posted um, legs and hips and body. We took clips of, you know, my body and things like that because we're about to get ready to release some products. So I'm not going to tell you what they are, but we're about to release some products. And, um, you know, that thought process was like, hey, okay, this song is really popular. It's trending. Let's go ahead and put this out today. Mm -hmm. And that helps keep the numbers going and the algorithm and things. And so you have to be smart and um there's also some paid campaigns that i have coming this week and so you definitely want to piggyback off of the the engagement that's coming so it's all strategy it really, it really is. is it really is a lot of people like no offense to people but you know just post 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 like over posting so they're not really trying to figure out like hmm what's the best you know way to get engagement and stuff like that so i understand that thank you for explaining that thank you so yeah. much so I'll it's quality versus quantity you yes. know Yes, yes, I agree. I definitely agree on that. And you know, with Instagram too, like you said, you got to pray. It's with luck with Instagram because they've been doing, I don't know what they've been doing, but I know people have been complaining about engagement and stuff. So yes, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been weird. But again, 
And this is another thing I will say, if you're an artist or model or anything, you should have your own platform outside of Instagram. I mean, when the thing went down the day that Instagram went down, I had texts available where people could text me and also had my website. And I just easily put out a blog and was able to pivot. So I think that more artists need to take ownership uh, of their art and of their brand. And once they really start maximizing, monetize everything that you have, because you really can. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, you give a lot of great advice, and that brings me to my next point is, in one of your captions, you said, if you, you're around me too long, I have you following your dreams. So how do you instill in others, as well as yourself, to pursue your heart's desires? I'm crazy. I'm crazy. And, and you know, most people, when they're around me, they're like, oh, my God. Like, I, because I, I really will tell somebody, like, I had a friend who she um, was working for airlines, and she got fired, like, on the spot. They just let her go. And I was like, dang, you know. And um, she loved to travel. We traveled several times together and everything. And she was crying and all this stuff. I said, girl, uh-uh. I said, you know how to travel. I've talked to you about traveling. Start your own travel company. Mm-hmm. And they were your own travel bags, you know, your own luggage. And she was like, that's a really good idea. I said, I know. You know, um, when I've dated guys, if I'm like, hey, you know, you're working a little bit too hard. You could probably just do this, you know. I just believe in, um, if I have, I'm such a visionary and I'm always creative. And so sometimes I have ideas and if someone is around me, I'm like, hey, I want everyone around me not to just be under me, but they need to be growing at the pace that I am or above me because I never want to be the biggest person in the room. And whenever, whenever I start being the biggest person in the room, I usually move around and it's no, um, it's no personal thing to other people. It's just like, hey, I've got to get into a room where I'm always learning. I tell people all the time my favorite hobby is to learn. Um, I was a teacher for 10 years, so I love learning and because I always want to know what I'm doing and how I can get better. So I want the people around me to do the same. And so I'm always, but I'm kind of crazy. I know I definitely feel that I, it might sound crazy, but I want you to be, if you're not on my level or extra, I want you to be extra. I like, I like, like you said, surrounding with like minds or just people that are doing even better because it inspires you. It makes you be like, okay, I need to boss up. I need to get myself together, you know? I mean, I just, every, every way that I live my life, you know, even when I, even my aunt used to say, because I've always been very extra, even since I was younger. And my aunt used to say, boy, Madeline, this is like when I was in college and the starving artist in Brooks. She was like, Madeline may not have a dollar in her pocket, but she's going to walk with class. She's going to still do whatever. Um, I was telling people on my birthday last week, I didn't get to because I didn't have enough time, but I was going to wear a gown. I didn't have nowhere to go. I was just going to wear a gown to the grocery store. I didn't care. I was just like, whatever. (laughs) I'm a a very grand person and grand in the respect of I don't need to wait till I'm rich to live a luxe life. I don't need to wait until I have a man to be happy. I don't need to wait until I have this large house to decorate it. I'm going to enjoy the now and the present um, because you won't even get those moments back. You know, many people get married and then they're like, I wish I had my own house to kind of decorate. Do that now. You know what I mean? So I love I, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe in being grand. That's just me. It's always yes. good. You're not gonna Look, this is my motto. You're the reason and the occasion, okay? Cause- yeah. I've actually, there's a story. Um, I'm going to put, I'm going to put it up today. I wrote a book last year for my birthday called 35 Lessons. And it really talked about some in-depth stories that have actually happened in my life. And I actually booked a show in Paris because of what I was wearing. I had gone out by myself 
and there was a, a, a gentleman at the bar and he just started talking to me, but it wasn't on a, a, a romantic level. It was just platonic. And he ended up loving my shoes. So he started talking to me. And then when we left, he, you know, called and, and booked me for a show in Paris. I had no idea that he worked for like a huge hotel there and they booked me for a New Year's Eve uh, concert. So Wow. Yeah. So it's real it's like you said, like show up and show out. You never know what's out there for you. Because imagine if you were in there just, you know, looking bummish or something. That would that opportunity wouldn't have presented itself. So that's right. amazing. That's amazing. Okay. Y'all heard it from Madeline. Y'all better show up and show out. So let's get into your covers and your new music. So first I wanna um hit on the covers. So recently you covered Biggie Smalls Big Papa, Muni Long's Hours and Hours, and Chloe Bailey's As We Know, Lord Have Mercy. So what goes all into doing covers? <laughs> My team be irritated with me. I mean, honestly, no. <laughs> I mean, they're always like, girl, what? Um, no, usually it comes with, um, I, I usually, I always spend about 30 minutes a day just quiet, no noise, no nothing. And during that time, you know, that's really when my creative thoughts come. And I kind of have this, this hierarchy. So God first, then me. So before I start giving myself to Instagram, to my musicians, to my assistants, to my manager, when they start asking me stuff, cause I'm running a company. So I have to be accessible to them. I start with myself and I get myself to where I need to be. And much of the time, by the time they call me, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is what we need to do today because what's happened is the wheels are turning in my head and I'm giving myself time to think about it. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So most of the time they just come with like thoughts. And I was looking at an old video of New York when I rapped Biggie and I told my musician, I said, we should change this to an opera. He was like, what? You know, I was like, yeah, we should do it. And he was like, all right, whatever. And so we literally spent three hours at my house. I gave him lots of drinks and stuff to make because <laughs> I know I'm a work you. That's why I feed you and work you real hard when you come over here. Uh, <laughs> but um, I literally told him when we sat here and I was like, no, that's not right. That's not what I'm hearing. I said, I'm hearing Baroque. I'm hearing uh, Bach. I'm hearing harpsichord. And he was like, okay, you really want to take it there. So I took some YouTube, like different composers, and then we came up with what we came up with. So it's, it's usually a thought process for sure. And I, I love, I want to touch on how you said, he was like, what? I like how you believe in yourself. Like, you don't let anybody stop what you're doing. You're like, nope, we're about to do this and we're about to get it done. And you did, you did just that. So with that, is it ever like frustrating? Because I know you have to go with the beats, the flow of the rap, the rappers or whoever you're, you know, um, covering. How is that? How is that process? It can be hard. Um, because, you know, Biggie's a rapper, so I had to add a melody to it. So it was just me kind of sitting on the couch and just vibing. And I'll probably post some behind the scenes or whatever, but it it is difficult. You have to find the right melody. Much of the time, I uh, my largest bill is probably my studio bill. Because something about when I get in there, I actually, like, cook. You know, a lot of people do stuff beforehand. I really get in there, and I really kind of work while I'm in the mic. And I kind of say, okay, guys, no, run that bug. Hurry up, hurry up. But they're talking. I'm like, do it now, do it now. And so I really build while I'm in there. And so I, I get to hear it back. If it sucks, then I'm like, okay, let me do it again. Or that was flat. Let me do it again. You know, so um, it really, honestly, a lot of the stuff is just spare the moment. Um, I'm not a great rehearser. I, I love rehearsal, but I always change it on stage. So I have to have people around me that can pivot. I really am. Um, 
I feel I'm I'm very feminine, so I feel everything. And I'm like, okay, this feels right, or we're not gonna do that, or let's change the song and do this instead, you know. So Okay. Okay. So have you ever felt like I know you're a woman of faith, but have you ever felt deterred? Like, okay, this is getting hard. Like like have you ever wanted to go back to classical, the classical route? Mm, I mean, I, I think that I always will have like classical things that I do and that I can pull out. Um, I think I've definitely wanted to just give up with entrepreneurship, with everything. I'm like, oh, Lord, you know, this is hard. It's definitely not easy. But I think that's where you find your support system. And much of the time when I want to give up, I just go, I think I put it on a post. I was like, I go cry about it. And I'd be like, God, you know, why did I do that? And I kind of yell at him. And then I just go back and, you know, do it again and wake up the next day and be like, all right, here I am. You know, so you just, you just push through because, even if I was in classical, there'd be something there that I had to push through. You got to push through anything. So it's just you choose what you want to push through. Exactly. And I always say this too shall pass. That's my favorite thing to say because it will pass. It's just one little yeah. bad hiccup and then you'll be good the next day. So exactly. Well, I think you always want to ask this. The thing I ask myself every day when I journal at night, I journal before I go to bed and I ask myself, what what is the lesson? What was the lesson in today? Like, what do I need to be doing to better myself? What was the lesson in me, you know, getting into it with this person? Or what was the lesson in this flopping and us not having it? Or what was the lesson in us going over budget? Did I spend too much here? Or what is the lesson of this contract flopping and we lost all this money? Did I do something right in the contract? I mean, these are honest moments because it does happen. We had... I don't mind being transparent. We had a contract like <laughs> two, three thousand dollars just whoop, and I'm like, okay, you know, and you just have to kind of ask yourself, but it was our fault because the stipulation we didn't put in there. So then we go back to the drawing board and we redo it again. So you're always going to fall, but it's not how you fall, it's how you be, get back up with grace. You're dropping gems. It, it, allows, it allows you to be honest with yourself. Like, I'm not perfect, you know. Um, so if something flops, it's like, okay, could we have done this better? Or um, I'll give you an example. I did a show recently and it wasn't bad, but you know, it wasn't my best performance. And I was like, well, why wasn't my best? It, you know, it was a different sound guy. Maybe I didn't give him the things that he really needed. So now every show that I have, I'm making sure that I'm hands-on and like, no, it has to be this, 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 because I never want to go through that again. So the lesson always is supposed to make you better so that the next time you don't repeat it. Because if you keep repeating, it's going to keep happening until you learn it and do something different, you know? Yes. yes. So I try to tell people, go and do it for God has to keep. <laughs> okay. I, I attest to that. It's going to be happening. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I learn my lessons, okay? Absolutely. So <laughs> all the time, not want God to have to spank you, you know? Because if he's spanking it's not good. Because that yeah. means He's giving you opportunities to change it, and you have it. He got to spank you, and that's not good. Exactly. So going on to the next thing, I know you have a single title, Slay in My Lane, which I like. It gives, you know, it's, it's clearly like stay in my lane, but slay in my lane. You know, look you in your own lane, do your own thing. So I know you wanted to release that this spring. So when let's get into the new music. When can we expect it? The music, music videos, all of it. You know, whew. That is so the song is done. It was actually mastered, mixed and mastered by Grammy winner Randy Merrill. I mean, it's ready to go right here already. We really went big on this this single. Um, like I said, because it's my first, it's like the first baby out of me, I guess, if you will. 
I was like, uh-uh, it's got to be right. So we're actually, um, you know, getting ready to shoot the video. And that was the reason why the covers have been coming out. But the song is absolutely ready to go. Um, Grammy Award winner has been on it. We have a remix already that's going to be in place. I'm not going to tell you who's on it, but some legends on there. <laughs> okay. Excited about that. But yeah, we're, I mean, I listen to the song every day and I'm like, this song really does jam, you know? Um, so I'm just, I'm really excited about the video. I'm excited about releasing it. It's just, it's taking so much time, but I'm so glad that I did take my time because now when I release it, I, it's it's everything that I've wanted. It's the, the certain clothes and I have this vision. And so to see, um, it come into life is just a testament of how when you really put your mind to something and you keep getting knocked down, you just, you can just continue to, to strive and, and make it happen. And so if nothing else, it's a celebration of just me being able to overcome and say, you know what, I took a risk, I did it and it jams, you know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah, it's really good. So how did you come up with the name? I love the twist of stay in my lane, but slate in my lane. Um, I don't know how I came up with the thing. I, it's it's co-written by uh, my A&R, um, Alan, Mr. Piano Man. And he and I actually went to school together and he's a classical musician. And so you should have seen us in the studio because we have a different type of ear than most artists. We, you know, we're like, no, it needs to be E flat major. To the, and they're like, what? We're like, just do <laughs> oh. And um, we co-wrote it. And I think the first time we were sitting on the couch and I was doing this thing and I kind of doing this rap opera singing. And I kind of cursed, and he was like, whoa. And I said, and I said, we're putting it in there. And he was like, what? I said, it's trap off, but we're going to get dirty with him. So, um, yeah, um, I don't know how we came up with the title. That's a good question. I think it just it just fit. And when you hear it, it's an empowering song. It's a song that makes you be like, you know what? I'm going to do what I do. I don't care what you're doing in your lane. I'm going to do what I do, and I'm going to rock it out, and I'm going to make it work. You okay. know? Okay, so what has it been like? I know you're a very, you know, it needs to be clear, cut, and concise. So what has making your own music entailed? Lots of tears. <laughs> lots of, you know, lots of mess-ups. Um, like I said, my largest bill right now is studio time um, because it's not cheap. But I wanted to, to, I wanted everything to be very organic. I didn't want it to be quick. So there were many times that we would record something and I would scratch the whole thing and go back and, and build it up. Um, it sounded, and so um, there's been a lot of like setbacks and, and me wanting to stop but then saying okay Madeline keep going but once you hear it and you're like so proud of it it really does make it all worth it um, but life personal life I think December we hit as a team like a really tough time because people had COVID you know it was that whole <laughs> huge COVID thing and there was so much going on we've, we've definitely hit a lot of roadblocks but it's just you just kind of keep moving and you go around and say, okay, well, we can't do this. Um, the big video was actually supposed to release, be released with choreography and everything. And then we couldn't do it. The place wasn't available, but we wanted to release it on Biggie's birthday. I said, you know what? I'm going to put on a gown and I'm going to do it in the studio and we'll release the, the, the choreography later, no problem. So it's making it happen no matter what. I love that. And yes, this is your baby. You can't stop. And I love, like you said, you just, you really get up and just do it anyways. Because yeah, the big video, you was in there singing. Yeah, I love it. You didn't let anything stop you. And I gotta know, well, everything, everything will be uploaded to your YouTube channel, right? So we can see the video and stuff. Yeah, of course. It's gonna be, my, my largest platform is Instagram, but we're about to transition into YouTube. 
Um, we're doing more TikToks, and um, I have someone who's he works for Culture Bug, and he's really been kind of behind the scenes doing a lot of stuff with the digital marketing, and so it's been really great working with him. And um, so, yeah, Spotify was the first thing getting those those covers on there so people can download them. So they're all available. Um, Big Mama, which is the biggie cover, will be um, available June 3rd. Okay. And I'm excited because you really left us on YouTube. You just had an intro last year and then you left. You just disappeared. I did. I did because I, I thought I was ready. Um, uh-huh. And then I was still navigating, like leaving my job and, you know, trying to get everything together with being a CEO, hiring a team you know, figuring out the right pieces with that. And so it wasn't that I wasn't wanting to shoot. It was just like, I don't have time. But wow. now the story is kind of unfolding more. I have more time to kind of, you know, talk about the things that I need to talk about and the journey that I've been on to kind of get to this point. Because it's been crazy for sure. But it's been entertaining and good. So, yeah. And I'm excited for you. I can't wait till you launch. And I know everything's going to be it's gonna be bomb because you took your time. You're a very, you're a very, you know, calculated person as I see. So I'm excited. So last thing, because I know you're, you know, we're gonna manifest this right now on record that you're going to the Met Gala next year. So I gotta know what look are you planning? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think people think that we have all these looks like planned out, and a lot of times we literally, it's been like before the shoot, and I'm like, okay, that's what I'm gonna wear. You know, now we do plan out some things, but I don't have a stylist or anything. I do it all myself. Um, I would definitely want to work with a very large stylist because I have my own style. So I need somebody who can, you know, do more, but I'm not sure. I definitely something avant-garde. And of course it depends on the actual theme of that gala. Um, I do actually have tickets to the Met this summer to go see an opera, just, you know, just to go for leisure. But I don't know. I have no idea. But it'll be bomb. I want to. I, I know that's right. Okay, I know it's gonna be bomb. And too, uh-huh. you know what? We don't even know the theme for next year's Met Gala yet. So, yeah, I'm excited to see. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. Um, I just think it's such a, a powerful night, and to be invited. I don't know how I'm gonna be invited, but I am. You know. So exactly. Know. Exactly. Yeah. Like I say, I say all the time. Show me how good it can get. Okay. Tell oh, me how good it can get. Okay, so you're going to get the Met Gala. And then last thing, so what are you looking forward to in the future? With what? Personal life or what? With everything. Whatever you feel like sharing. Uh, personal. I'm, I love to rest. And so just resting, you know, I'm like I said, I'm a feminine woman. So, you know, laying on my man's chest. If I got a man, you know, whatever. You know, being able to travel and um, just exploring things. I travel a lot for work, and so I'm now in the stage of my life where I'm traveling a lot more for leisure, and that's really fun. Um, I'm really just excited about just to continue to be able to create for a professional. I There's so much of my career that's not planned. It's just me kind of being in the moment and letting God lead. And so I'm just excited to keep growing that relationship with him because the closer I get to him, the more great things come out, you know what I mean? Because I know it's coming from him and not me. And um, that's a very um, submissive place to be in, but a beautiful space. And so that's somewhere that I'm I'm just really glad about going. So I have no idea. I just literally wake up and be like, all right, this is what we're doing today. And then it, we make it work. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing that. And like I said, you have so much wisdom and you dropped so many gems and I'm excited for your journey and for your launches and 
like I said, Met Gala next year. So thank you. And guys, that was Madeline. And stay tuned for all her new upcoming music and releases, okay? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you. See you later. Yes, of course. <laughs>